This is the Reading Instruction Show. I am your podcast host, Dr. Andy Johnson. Topic of today's podcast, the educational crisis is a myth, or why Laura Yoon and Richard Chamberlain are woefully ignorant. There's a lot of yapping about school failure, usually by people with a political or for-profit agenda of some sort. And I recently read a column written by Laura Yoon of the Minneapolis Tribune describing an alleged failure of our schools to teach reading, to teach children how to read. The data upon which her conclusions were based, you asked? It was her observation of her first grade son's struggle to sound out a word and what she heard on a radio documentary. While these are interesting and compelling, neither is what one would consider, in most circles anyway, as valid or reliable sources in coming to conclusions about anything much less something as broad as reading instruction in Minnesota schools. Further, Laura Yoon alleged that reading test scores are plummeting in Minnesota and that Minnesota's reading test scores are far below the national average, neither of which is true. Minnesota State Senator Richard Chamberlain has made similar false claims in promoting a for-profit teacher professional development program called Letters. Now, Ms. Yoon blames something called the queuing system, which isn't really a thing, and I'll explain that in my next podcast. She also blamed whole language and balanced literacy, both of which, based on her writing, she knows nothing about but that didn't seem to get in the way of coming to a conclusion for her or assigning causality. That didn't seem to get in the way of Senator Chamberlain's need to blame teacher preparation programs for the alleged failure. Now, the critiques and conclusions of Laura Yoon and Senator Chamberlain are not atypical. Double negative noted here. There are a lot of Laura Yoon's and Senator Chamberlain's all over the United States and far beyond. They come to conclusions based not on reliable data or actual research, but on I-thinkisms and perceptions and what they want to believe or what for-profit and political entities tell them to believe. This seems to be more the norm than the exception with the school critiquers. But if the premise is true that schools are failing and teachers are doing a horrible job and professors like me are ruining America and sending our economy into decline, if that's true, I want to see some research-based data showing said decline and I want to see some variables isolated. Show me some valid, reliable, comparable data collected over time that shows that our schools are failing and teachers are doing a horrible job. 
give me some solid data that indicates that our schools are worse today than they were 5, 10, 20, or 30 years ago. That data should not be based on your selected memory of what you think schools were like once upon a time, but on some solid data with appropriate sample sizes that represent the population to which you are seeking to generalize, and hopefully that data has been peer-reviewed. As well, that data should not be cherry-picked to support your predetermined beliefs. Causality should not be assigned to whatever issue you seem to take exception with at the particular time. Now let's take a look at test scores. There are many who insist that test scores should be used to determine the quality of education. Those like Ms. Yoon who claim that there's a massive decline in test scores, which isn't true, assign causality to the variables of their choice. Senator Chamberlain is the same way. The reason why test scores are going down, so they say, is because of whatever variable they have issue with. It's because of whole language or teachers' unions or violence on TV or too many guns or too few guns or gay marriage or lack of family values or religion not in schools or critical race theory or lack of standards or teacher tenure or teacher preparation, whatever one has a particular beef with, that becomes the variable of choice, the causal factor for ruining public education. Now, okay, I understand that I will never get some to think outside the standardized test box. There are those who cannot begin to conceive of determining the quality of education using anything other than test scores. I understand it's okay, all well and good. But if you do happen to be one of those who are clinging tightly to that test-based paradigm with white knuckles, I'd invite you to look at the National Assessment of Educational Progress data, NAEP data. This is collected by the National Center of Educational Statistics, which is part of the U.S. Department of Education. NAEP, often called the nation's report card, is the largest nationally representative, representative and continuing assessment of what students in public and private schools in the United States know and are able to do in various subjects, including reading, math, science, and writing. Starting in 1969, you're able to track changes occurring over time by individual states or nationally. And the same type of measure is used so you can make these comparisons. Now, contrary to Ms. Yoon, Senator Chamberlain, and other school critiquers, there is no massive failure in our schools. Massive failure is a myth perpetuated by those with political and for-profit agendas. It's a manufactured crisis. Schools are doing pretty much a good job. Now, this does not mean that we don't need to improve. But since 1969, 
most scores have been steadily rising or stayed similar. Now go look yourself. Of course, there have been short-term fluctuations. That's normal. And recently, there's been a worldwide pandemic and massive school closings. These tend to have an impact on things such as student learning. But the online graph of educational reality has for the most part been steadily rising. There is no massive long-term downward trend. Now, thus said, test scores should never be used to determine the quality of education students are receiving or the effectiveness of teaching. Test scores are not valid or reliable indicators of teaching quality. Good teaching is determined by, well, let me see, uh, teaching. More specifically, good teaching is teaching that is good, not test scores that are above average. And here's the thing with standardized tests representing a normal distribution of scores from a normal population, there's always going to be a bell-shaped curve. That means that 50% of the population is always going to be below average. That's what average is. Now, this does not mean that we don't do everything we can to help each student achieve his or her full potential. But this is much different from trying to make standardized test scores go up. Now, we want effective teachers. Everyone agrees with this. But how do you determine who is and isn't an effective teacher? Well, let me give you a clue in case you have none. I would not ask Laura Yoon, Richard Chamberlain, or any political or for-profit entity. I will tell you. Effective teachers are defined by effective teaching behaviors, not test scores. Effective teachers are those who know and use a variety of research-based strategies that are adopted and adapted to meet the needs of the students in front of them, not the needs of Laura Yoon or Richard Chamberlain. As well, effective teachers have four kinds of knowledge. One, knowledge of subject matter. Two, pedagogical knowledge. This is knowledge of general teaching strategies. Three, pedagogical content knowledge. This is knowing how or knowledge of strategies for teaching specific content areas such as reading, writing, and math. And fourth, knowledge of learners, learning, and human development. This includes understanding a little bit about our learning organ, how the human brain learns. Now, is it possible to develop adequate knowledge and skills in these four areas in three semesters of any teacher preparation program? No. This is why we must require and continue to push for and fund continued, valid, appropriate,
teacher professional development. It must be a part of maintaining one's teaching license. A final thing about test scores. There will always be fluctuations in test scores. That's because human beings are human beings and not standardized cogs in an educational machine. There always be fluctuations because test scores are a snapshot in time taken on a specific instant in time. And here's the thing about snapshots. We never know what's behind the snapshot or outside the camera lens. In the same way, test scores tell us nothing about context or what's behind the test scores are outside the lens of the standardized test. So, is there a crisis in education today? The only crisis is that which is being perpetuated on teachers and schools by state legislators and people with for-profit and political, uh, 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 political agendas who are outside our schools. We need to empower teachers to make the decisions. We want creative and intelligent people teaching our school, our children. We must empower and enable them to be creative and intelligent. This has been the Reading Instruction Show with Dr. Andy Johnson.